Welcome to Tool World. Welcome back to Tool World. This is Gordon Jew, and I have my sidekick, David Jew. David. Hey. hey, David, how's it going? It's going well. Good. Anything new going on? Uh, no, not not too much going on. We're just getting not- ready to go to the um, ASA. Asa, Asa, a martial art taekwondo convention in Las right. Vegas soon. Yeah, and no, it's, um, that's going to be your first time. Yeah, yeah. You've asked me a couple of times. In yeah, the past couple of years. Gone up a few times now, and right. really, it's more like school owners. So, you know, regular students may not want to attend, but there's a lot of good content. What I kind of find interesting is uh, talking to different school owners around the country mm-hmm. and um, their experience. It's kind of interesting to listen to their their issues. There are some similar issues to my issues. Right, right. Although ASA is not really about patterns, but I did find interesting is that there's a lot of schools that teach ITF patterns that are not necessarily ITF. Also, of course, they, they teach WTF. But they right. are also very interested in teaching uh, their form or their patterns a certain way, you know, right. and just as detailed. And I wouldn't um, say it's right or wrong because it's <laughs> just the way they teach it and the way they learned it. And right. the same with um, when we talk about ITF patterns and the way we mm-hmm. teach it and learn it. Mm-hmm. It's um, really up to the instructor and the organization and the people that you hang out with. Right. Yeah, Polgate forms are going to be a little different, aren't they? And the Taeguk. They perform right. a little differently. Yeah. And uh, and I've watched it, listened, sat in on some of that, like Pumse, some, their Pumse seminar. And um, mm-hmm. I can't do it because I can't remember all the their different particular movements. They, they do have certain reasons why they do certain things. And then that's like, oh, that's interesting. Sometimes we might agree with it. Sometimes we might not agree with it. And just... And that might be the case with uh, when someone's watching the way we do patterns. Right. And, and that kind of brings up that question is, is patterns worth training? Is it worth mm-hmm. my effort? If I'm learning self-defense, why do I want to do patterns? Right. Is there any value in patterns? And I, I think we talked to uh, Master Lee a few episodes ago, and, and he talked a little bit about patterns and how important it has become for him. And right. that one, he was younger that, you know, sparring, sparring, sparring. That's the most important thing. Right. Yeah. I just kind of think that um, is martial art moving away from it? Because I do have mm-hmm. friends that own martial arts schools and they are eliminating patterns. Right. Why? Because they, they don't find a value in it. Right. I think a lot of studios only focus on sparring because it's, it's easy to teach and it's exciting to compete in. But sure. I think patterns, patterns hold, they are the fundamental part about Taekwondo. Um, and they're just so, to me, they're interesting. And I think a lot of our students really enjoy doing patterns. I think we're always considered like a, a pattern studio. We don't really do too well in sparring. <laughs> I think it's just, you know, it's interesting for the kids to be able to try to remember something. And, and it just builds, you know, healthy memorizing habits. Um, and it just trains the body and to move in a certain way. Right. But you'll probably get the same thing if you practice drills all the time. 
I feel like drills can get boring. I mean, patterns can get boring, but at least you have a start and a des- and a destination to end. It doesn't just keep going. Whereas if you just do drills all the time, it could be like, oh, we're doing drills again, drills again, we're drills again, right? Right. And eventually, I mean, I don't know how other studios are, but you might have a lot of students that feel like, you know, they do the same thing every day. Yeah. You know? Um, so having the, the flavor of patterns is probably very beneficial. My question is, um, is there... What are the real values of pattern? Well, there's lots of values, like you mentioned earlier about mental health. Why do we do patterns, right? And really, it's to work on those fundamental skill sets that um, that we have. Right. You know that that saying: <laughs> we don't rise to the occasion; we always fall back to our training. Right. I kind of disagree with what Bruce Lee was saying that uh, classical martial art. Is well, a waste should only of time. take they should only take the best technique for no, each not, not no no his philosophy was that uh he didn't like classical martial art right well right. you have to start somewhere if no right. one's ever taught you how to punch and you just free for all okay but you've got to yeah. learn something right you have right. to have uh ground zero and that's where a martial arts school can help you get to that point right, right. and you don't have to do martial art in order to fight but tech, martial art is really always about fighting it just happens to be a component it's one of the major components right martial art is about um it's more than just self-defense right. but a large part is emphasized on that because right. of the the movements that we do right mm-hmm. patterns we don't we don't fight like we do in patterns so why do we do that i always think of it as like how do i execute techniques it's all of the, the principles that General Che talks about, the training secrets, you know, eyes, hands, feet, breath together at the same time. Right. Elbows and knees should be slightly bent. You know, there was a slight backward motion, all of this stuff that he talks about, and we can see it in patterns. Mm-hmm. For sure, if I have good technique, theoretically good technique, if I have a strong walking stance, and if I'm punching that the extension is correct and my body position is correct, that I can generate more power. And that's probably true when you go and break boards. If you have these fundamental skill sets that are really solid, then your the power is, is better. We need to continue to practice those fundamentals right. to be better at it. If you only practice it quasi-good, then it, your technique can only be quasi-good, I guess. Right. So from a, from a theor- theoretical point of view, right? patterns is theoretical right and we need to perfect that but we it's not just moving left and right Mm -hmm. where you see a lot of students do that it's the way you execute the technique i remember many years ago i was at this camp and um, one of the session was a our niece filipino uh, martial art Mm -hmm. and they'd like to do a lot of stick fighting and knife defense right and so he's trying to show us their system your hands got to be this way and, you know, you're moving this way and this way. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't do the drill. I just like, I couldn't do the drill. So he's like attacking me. And, but I couldn't do that drill. I, I was uh, moving the way I normally move. Right. And I was uh, able to avoid the attack by doing what I, what I normally do. And he says, how do you do that? And I says, I don't know. It's just uh, training. <laughs> yeah. But, but my, my training is taekwondo training. It was just a lot of pattern work, 
you know, doing sparring, you know, stuff like that. Right. And it's working this angle. I never thought about these angles. Right. It's just that it just moved. And I think a lot of it is, I, I kind of look at it, well, it's, it's probably because of all the patterns that I've done and mm-hmm. sparring that I've done that allows me to move this way. When you talk about self-defense, how valuable is martial art? Right. I think it's very valuable because it gives us that fundamental skill. If you don't do martial art, you don't have. And I'm not saying that you can't defend yourself without martial art. And I won't say that you're going to be able to defend yourself because you do martial art. Right. There's so many, there's so many variables and so many factors right. in it. But I think um, it's going to give you a head start. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's like, you know, when I kind of think about it, um, like, let's take, we, let's say we took, like, Wanyo in the first three movements, right? And you see, you know, a lot of students, they go from L stance, and when they do that side punch into a fixed stance, they do kind of like a side strike, and they don't really do a punch, right? They don't pull up back. It comes kind of like, um, you know, like an outward action strike. And that's kind of right. what patterns teaches you, right? Um, you could, let's say you had someone that wasn't into martial arts and they were just doing fighting, you know, they would still hit their opponent. They would still hit them and, you know, they could probably still, you know, hurt that person. But they never understood why, when we change, why do we pull back the hand? Why should we punch straight forward instead of like a side strike? Why are those different? And that's something that, you know, you'll learn in the patterns. Right. Well, that's a good example. Uh, Wanyo, where uh, you're right, a lot of people might do it where it looks like a side fist strike versus a four fist punch. Obviously, there's different attacking tools, right? And right. there's different reasons why we do certain techniques versus another technique. Right. And so when you're in self defense, you want to be able to use a technique that is most efficient that can stop your opponent, right? Right. Not to say, I mean, really, the, the right technique is the technique that stops your opponent. Right. I always say that. It right. doesn't matter how you do it. Yeah. I think that's what Bruce Lee was saying. It doesn't matter how you do it as long as you stop your opponent. But if we understand these theoretical ideas and utilizing the, the right tool and how to do that, mm-hmm. then hopefully it's more efficient and you can stop your opponent faster. Right. That's all in theory though, right? You, um, you can have someone that's going to come up and say, well, in MMA, you know, you know, the Taekwondo guys just doesn't uh, doesn't stand up to that that ground fighting and stuff like that. And I said, yeah. yeah, maybe, but that's a sport, right? And but it's a very vicious sport, right? Mm-hmm. And you can see, like, um, in that particular arena, there's going to be certain elements that is going to let you win, right? Right. You take, and I'm not saying I mean, we shouldn't compare what's better at self-defense but if you take an mma person and you put him in in let's say taekwondo sparring Mm -hmm. he might lose right but then the argument would be well that's not really fighting okay but it's just a game (laughs) it's a rule (laughs) right 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 and uh, if you want to win this rule this game you've got to play a certain way right right and if you put me in the octagon these are the rules and i've in order to win this game i've got to learn the rules and I got to learn how to win the game, right? Right. So it's a little bit different, right? Right. But so, uh, that's the way I kind of think of it. But on the street, that's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that martial um 
MMA is going to be better than Taekwondo or Taekwondo is better than MMA. There's, it's different. It's a, it's a different game. It's a different rule. You know, mm-hmm. we, I think we can kind of forget when we're talking about self-defense, we can kind of forget about what, um, what can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Your opponent may not be in shape. So you might be able to just out physically out dance them. That's why your cardio has got to be good, right? right? Your opponent might be, might be uh, trained depending on the, the game that you're playing, right? If I was in actual mm-hmm. self-defense, do I want to risk going to the ground? Do I want to risk on sparring my opponent? Self-defense is, I think, just totally different. I mean, you, right. you, there's so much liability in it. Whereas right. a Taekwondo tournament or even an MMA tournament, you know there's liability and you know what the risk can be and you can sign right. off on that, right? But right. when you're on the street, that's totally different because you have to realize that it's not a game and mm-hmm. you may end up being killed on the street. Right. Or, right. I mean, it's possible to happen in a, in a tournament as well. I'm not saying that it can't mm-hmm. happen. But on the street, it's definitely, I think the probability is much higher. And so you have to, in my opinion, self-defense, you have to um, take whatever lesson that you've learned and it's got to be the best mm-hmm. it can possibly be. And then if right. it's just hand-to-hand, but that's the problem with um, self-defense is that if you're going to rely on hand-to-hand combat, specifically hand-to-hand, I think you're at a disadvantage. Because you don't know who you're dealing with. You don't know whether they have a weapon, whether they have a knife, if they have a bat, if they have a gun. You just don't know that. And so we have to be prepared to do so. Now, how does that all relate into patterns? Well, I think it has a lot to do with um, the concepts. If you understand the concepts of pattern, it does teach us ideas about the way we move and how we handle those things. Like, for instance, um, why do we move forward in the rising block in Dongun? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're defending. We're moving forward. Uh, well, right. that, oh, what does that say? Is that someone's moving backwards and he's attacking? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what, what, is he, right. what is that exactly? Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's all theoretical, right? But yes, you can, if you think about that particular technique, or even Wanyu, or any of these techniques where you're moving forward. Why are you moving forward and blocking as opposed to moving backward and blocking? Doesn't it seem right. more logical to move away, move backwards as opposed to move forward? No, it does. We don't it does. Move, we don't move too often. Right. We don't, right? Moving forward is kind of important, especially if you're dealing with a person that has a weapon, right? So if someone has a knife, he swings at you, you move back, you want to avoid it. But right. what ends up happening is that you're only setting him up for the next, the next attack. Right. So moving forward is the most logical thing to do because you intercept yeah. it. Patterns teach us that. But you right. have to make that connection. You have to, to make the connection that what I'm doing here is doing this. Right. It's not just moving. So that's what's interesting about patterns is that it's not just moving left or right. And it's not just executing techniques, but how does it relate to certain things, specifically self-defense? Why do right. am I moving forward in right. that particular case? No, that's true. 
someone asked me um, yesterday in class because I was asking the the students questions and one of the questions I was kind of explaining, you know, four directional punch or even chanji is incorrect if you have your your body's not full facing or the stance is too short. You know, we when we look at patterns and the instructor always like fixes this and that. Most of the instructors only fix the end result. They never fix the beginning or the intermediate results or positions, Mm -hmm. right? Those pieces are actually more important than just the end result because it's how you got from point A to point B. And so you get students like um, you're doing a, let's say right walking stance, obverse four fist punch or four fist punch, right? The body is full facing. I asked them assume, well, why does it have to be that? Why couldn't it be sideways, right? Mm-hmm. I think most of us are baffled. Well, why is it that way? Why is it um, full facing? Mm-hmm. I had to kind of explain it a little bit. The directions of the body, right? For instance, mm-hmm. any technique really goes to the front. It's called the front technique or front front mm-hmm. bo- front attacks or front the, the fending. And any mm-hmm. technique that go to the side is called side, right? Like side piercing mm-hmm. kick, side turning kick, side front snap kick. And anything that goes behind us is back, right? Right. If you think about like you're doing a walking stance, the body is not full facing. It's like, let's say it's half facing. And that's not to say that you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But really what you are doing is a technique that's to your flank. You're doing it to the right. side. Right. And... If your opponent was to the side, then that might be okay. That'd be like in Wanyo, you know, where you're doing an L stance and you're punching and it right. looks like it's more toward the side as opposed to straight forward. Mm-hmm. And so uh, front techniques are for uh, the front punches is punching to the solar plex line. You can punch to, to the side, like it would be like a side front punch. It's mm-hmm. called, it's a different technique, you mm-hmm. see. That, that's what's cool about what General Che has done with the encyclopedia and the Bible is that um, he defines all these different parts. Um, right. It's not just all in front. They they are different pieces, and that's correct. The right punch looks similar to the left punch, but they are different techniques because you're using different tools. Right. And you can do the same punch, but in different stances. And that is a different technique because it's a different application. It's for a different application. It's a lot of detail work. It's a lot of detail work. When it comes to self-defense, you just got to go ballistic. That's that's what I would say. You right. just got to go crazy and <laughs> just give it everything you got. Right. But if you're in better shape and you have better skill set, then the probabilities are much higher. I read this article. It's quite interesting. It was about, you know, you hear a lot of talk about um, all fights go to the ground. And this article mm-hmm. said that actually that's not true. It was like 30% actually go to the ground. Mm-hmm. And you go, what? Wait a minute. I thought all fights do go to the ground. Um, I think to a certain degree it does. I think um, a lot of ground fighting in, on the street anyway is people get frustrated so they want to take you down. Police officers have to do that because they're trying right. to subdue somebody. Where on the actual street, well, we shouldn't even call it self-defense. We should call it fighting. I would I would mm-hmm. call it fighting and not not self defense. I mean you mm-hmm. have to defend yourself. I mean it's a border. I think there's a what do you call it? I think there is a it's borderline. It's this fighting is similar to self defense. Yes and no kind of mm-hmm. self defense. Uh, you're defending yourself, but why are you in the fight? 
if mm-hmm. um, you're on the street and someone's attacking you, why do you want to fight? You should actually avoid that. Get out of there because you don't right. know what you're dealing with. Right. So if you're going to engage, then you better be prepared for that knife. You better be, pre- be prepared for a baton or whatever it is that you might have to be prepared for. That's right. why I don't, I, I don't think people should engage in that. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So. You, yeah. you got to be ready. Right. And uh, so they were talking about uh, the article, I think said 30 some odd percent was actually taken to the ground. But most mm-hmm. fights actually end fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. If you can hit somebody and you hit them hard mm-hmm. and they've never experienced that, that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, right. how many times do you see that in sparring? You know, yeah. kid, gets, kid gets kicked in the stomach and he crunches over and he's crying. Right. Right. And you have to go and console them. You're OK. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then you can hit somebody that's been hit many times. Right. Right. It hurts. I, I get it. You know. Yeah. But how many times have you been hit and it, it kind of stuns you? It kind of hurts. Right. But you yeah. don't crumple up and go. You know, you don't just go to the ground. I mean, some some techniques just take you down and that's it, right? Right. But a lot of techniques, a lot of times you get hit and it hurts, but you go, I, I've been here before. I can handle it. Right. right. Right? That's kind of what I'm saying. Getting hit is really important. And that's kind mm-hmm. of one of the things that um, I like to see our guys do, like in drills, blocking. Mm-hmm getting hit in the shin, you know, getting hit. Uh, that's a lot of forging. Down right. is what we, what we call that. Down. Oh, my favorite theory. But we don't get that in patterns. Right. We don't right. get that in patterns. Patterns are, there's, a, there's advantages for doing it, but it's not the end all. But I don't right. think that we should abandon patterns. Yeah. There's just, no, I agree. Patterns is just, is that theoretical idea of, of a technique. All right. Well, that was a great conversation, Master Drew. There's a lot more things to think about, especially as an instructor. Um, what do we want to teach our students? What are some drills that we should focus on? Before I left, you were doing some forging drills where we were striking the arm. Yep. Um, and, you know, we just, I don't get to do that a lot. So I was like, oh, my hands, my arms were hurting. I was like, oh, um, but that is a great lesson to learn or to teach the students, you know, if they get into that routine, then they kind of build that mental tolerance. They, you know, they hit something hard. Oh, that's fine. I've done that a bunch of times in class. Um, and it's yeah, just yeah, kind of more, yeah. more interesting, you know, to think about like how should we structure our drills, you know, maybe being a little less soft, right? We should be a little more forging our students a little more to move in that direction. But I thought this week's conversation was super interesting. If you guys wanted to hear stuff more like this, go ahead and feel free to send us a comment or a question. You can find us on Facebook at Tool World. Uh, I think next week we're going to have another great conversation about probably what we, we saw in Asa uh, in Las Asa. Vegas. Um, because I'm sure I'm sure even though it's mostly for instructors I'm sure we're going to go over stuff that are related to their forms maybe the pole gate forms how they're teaching their forms um, what kind of things do they see with their students sparring drills I don't know 
Miles, I don't know what to expect. Never been there, but I'm sure we're going to cover something that we'll be able to think about a little more and bring back to the podcast. Uh, what do you think, Master Ju? Yep, I think you're right. Well, um, yeah, just keep training, keep practicing, and uh, perfect those fundamental skills and work on those patterns. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope to see you next time.